say Maniac McGee was born in a dump. They say his stomach was a cereal box and his heart a sofa spring. They say he kept an eight-inch cockroach on a leash and that rats stood guard over him while he slept. They say if you knew he was coming and you sprinkled salt on the ground, he ran over it. Within two or three blocks, he would be as slow as everybody else. They say, what's true? What's myth? It's hard to know. Thank you, my friends. That was a excerpt from a book that I'm reading at the moment called, called Maniac McGee uh, by uh, Jeremy Spinelli. And the tagline on the book is, uh, legends are made, not born. And uh, the cover shows uh, uh, the the bottom half of a, uh, seems to be a young boy uh, posing coolly against the wall. That's... Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you you find over here in the thrift shop, thrift shops, and you. Uh, it's uh, these finds are just incredible. Like I picked up that, um, I picked up uh, a really nicely illustrated um, version of uh, the Invisible Man by H.G. Wells, and you know I, uh, out of the kindness of my heart, I thought I'd treat Ashton as well, and I decided to buy her what every what I believe every young woman should read and that is Little Women, a, a gorgeous hardcover version of Little Women and she uh, completely turned her nose up at it. So if anybody out there is looking for a copy, any young woman, um, please, I would love nothing more than to um, let you read that story. That's one thing, you know, one thing you find, uh, you're finding stuff in the thrift stores. Another thing is finding stuff on the street. You would not believe how much shit people leave out. Um, last week, you know, walking along just around the corner. What, you know, what do I, what do I come across? A, a Fabergé egg, ladies and gentlemen, a Fabergé egg in a gorgeous gold leaf box. Uh, you know, thinking I've struck gold here. Uh, how lucky could I be? What's inside the Fabergé egg? Uh, fucking 24 karat gold little carriage. You know, something, I don't know, Cinderella or something like that would would uh, be using as an Uber. Um, and not only that, a Russian doll and uh, an, a, a miniature eight ball as well for uh, for helping me out with tough decisions or t telling my future without having to grace a gypsy's palm with a piece of silver. Welcome, my friends. This is uh, episode four. Thought I'd go try out a little bit of a an intro this time around before uh, before the the kind of the, the the title began. Of course, it's me as usual, your host Keith Cavanagh, aka Cav, aka Johnny Cigarette. Uh, yeah, I wanna. This this podcast, I think I'm going to talk about another one of the positions. Oh, I know what you're thinking. I'm talking about a job position, my friends. I have never had sex. I don't want to have sex. I've never even spoken to a woman before. I've only heard about them in the book Little Women. Um. Now that this job, you know, and I've told you know spoken of it. And myself included, I always thought that this would be the case. But, uh, you know, a lot of people say, whoa, 
that is my dream job cab i would love to do that i gotta tell you guys it's actually pretty tricky and that job i'm talking about is dog walking you know it uh you know it's it's got its highs and lows mostly highs thankfully but you know there's a lot of lows that come with it as well um i got the job uh while i was working on i was just finishing up uh buckle up and we were um doing one of our regular moves that I mentioned in uh, episode two and um, we uh, we needed a little extra cash or whatever coming in so you know you know I had a little look around and went on the Craigslist and I was thinking you know I need you know need something fast need something quick what could I do and I thought hey the dog walking you know that could be a thing not you know it's it's a case over here it it's, it can be really trying sometimes because you, you're constantly applying for jobs and a lot of the time, whether it's specifically like animation, retail, restaurant or whatever, you just don't get any reply. It's very disheartening, I must say. But luckily enough, from what the... Um, yeah, just uh, the guy, you know, the guy... I got an actually email back from most of them. I'd explained that I had looked after a dog here, I had walked a dog here, and I have several, I've had several dogs and have dogs growing up at home, um, and now at the moment we have Brandy, which I'm sure most of you know, um, she, she got, like, she's an Alsatian, she absolutely reeks, um, we actually temporarily there for a while, um, during, it seems that my dad's midlife crisis seems to be kind of like, uh, is everlasting at this stage but apparently we had a dalmatian there for a while called joey he was going he was going around and he's he's gone he's gone again and i didn't even moved into my room and everything didn't even get to meet the guy um but uh so yeah you know i've experienced with dogs and uh yeah they they thankfully just came out in my favor we looked after um our friend meg and chris's or well, helped to look after their dog uh ozzy little French bulldog, a lot of character for, a lot of character, little guy, a lot of character, little guy, that's what I want to say, um, but uh, yeah, so whatever it was, I think I emailed on the Friday, and I had an interview on the Monday, met up with the guy, um, it's, you know, it wasn't your regular run-of-the-mill sort of interview, we met um, just there off the Brooklyn Bridge, and from there, it wasn't like an office or anything like that, Straight around, had to do, like, basically the whole perimeter of uh, Manhattan, of lower Manhattan, and he was kind of quizzing me the entire time and asked me what I'd do in this sort of situation and this. But uh, he said to me at one stage, he's like, uh, so, he's like, uh, Akita, I, uh, I want you to know that there's actually a lot of fighting in this business. And I was like, okay, and he goes, I just want you, know, I want to know that you can stand your own, no? And I was like, fuck, um you know, you're obviously going to say yes, basically, to anything uh, that a future employer, hopefully, is going to, so I was like, yeah, of, yeah, of course, I can definitely, you know, ready to fight back, and he kind of chuckles, and he gives me a little, sl like, um, slap on the back, and he says, uh, he's only joking, he's like, I'm, I only joke, he goes, uh, I see, I see from online, you see, I, I do as every other employer does, I Google, Google beforehand, and I see you actually, UFC fighter, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, uh, and he goes, yeah, you know, you know McGregor, no? And I'm like, uh, and I think about it, and I'm talking to people that are a little more familiar with the UFC or MMA, um, and uh, they're, they're like, oh, it must be that he thought that you were like, 
Conor McGregor's like trainer or something like that. I think his name is like something Kevin. And I was like, oh, okay. But then I looked it up then, and it turns out there is actually another UFC fighter called Keith Kavanagh. And oh my god, this I think I have to put in a little link of this guy, but his hair is absolutely ridiculous. But I don't know where the fuck he would have thought. Like, the, the two of us look completely different. Wouldn't be a bad claim, I gotta say. So, um, but anyway, yeah, we, we kind of hit it off straight off the bat, and he's kind of like uh, saying that. Um, one of the guys is leaving and so they need somebody as soon as possible and he's like would you be able to start as soon as possible so you have to do um, I think it's probably the case with, it's like obligatory with most uh, services that you have to do two weeks of training beforehand so the first week is kind of with everybody so you get to meet all the dogs and second week is like with the person you're probably going to take their route over from so um, one thing about this job I must say um, and I think a lot, a lot of other people would thoroughly enjoy this as well. It was very much like, uh, obviously the dogs are great, but it's almost like people watching as well because you, you're going into all these uh, fucking whatever upper or lower Manhattan apartments and you're just seeing really how the other half lives. Like, I remember one of the days I was walking with one of the girls who picked up these two little Jack Russells and, um, you know, nothing, nothing to go off. And uh, we, you know brought them around the block yada yada went to the park and then brought them back up to the apartment again and um the owner was sit was kind of lounging on the chair and i didn't see her face she just had a newspaper up and she said uh oh would you mind you know just giving them a little bit of water that'd be great and it's like okay cool you're you know you're re reading fucking i don't know the latest uh garfield or whatever but no worries of course i'll do that that's what, that's my job and so i went over and I walk across the kitchen and all the time looking b beneath me and uh, when when we and then you know fill up the ball and put it back down we leave again I say to the girl I'm like was that him and she's like yeah their 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 kitchen floor is glass so that they can look down at their pool below them and I was like fuck this I was like this is actually fucking nuts the fucking amount of like I'm just like how much money do these people make a week it's just fucking ridiculous so um so the week after that then i was um with this guy brian uh who's who he was the one who's rude and it's weird because you uh you 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 spend a day with these people and it's almost like you kind of have their entire life story because you're constantly you know you're walking the dogs and they're giving you the tips but by the end of the day you're like you know them quite well and it's the case you could even be talking about like relationships or like their family or something like that it was nuts it was like almost doing like an interview kind of style a podcast if i'd been recording it um but i was with brian and my son brian got on so well he was like a really ni nice guy and the reason he was leaving was because he was moving to portland with his girlfriend and um yeah it got to that stage i think we were like basically maybe towards like the wednesday or something like that i remember we were talking about um our like first times i think at some stage it was like very much like sleepover talk but at the same time like walking like a italian greyhound as well at the same um but uh yeah he was saying about like uh he was like yeah you know because he was from the south he was saying sex sexual education wasn't really taught they didn't really know anything about it so he said the first time that he was like with a girl and they were like at some party or something and they were drinking they went up to the room or whatever and she and he was like yeah man and she fucking touched my penis and uh you know 
I didn't know what the fuck it was, and all this shit came out, and I fucking, like, started freaking out, and I thought it was cancer, I thought all this, like, white stuff was, like, cancer that just, like, came out of my dick, and I was like, oh my god, and I was like, that is so fucked, um, he said his life was basically the real life events of, like, King of the Hill, basically, so that gives you some sort of reference, but, um, and so, yeah, so, you know, he, and then I eventually took up his route, so that would consist of, I would, uh, it was very early, so I'd start at 8 o'clock, and I'd start off with these two um, Shiba Inus, you know, those, like, little uh, dog, those kind of dogs, like, uh, much friend, or, like, the Japanese love them, and uh, these two, oh my god, like, fucking pricks, Jesus Christ, never, those dogs are so aggressive, so mean, um, the owner as well, like, they, they were, like, overweight as well, but that was, like, definitely her fault, she was like, you know, Keith, every time you take them for a walk, make sure to give them a slice of American singles afterwards, and I was like, what the fuck, I was like, no wonder the two of them look like fucking, like, Brennan's bread, like, they're fucking, they're way too fat, but would constantly always fucking start up, start fights, next ones after that weren't so bad, Roxy and Hudson, really nice, um, really nice, uh, Labradoodle and an English setter, um, after that then, definitely hands down two of my favourite dogs, twin black German Shepherds, uh, Sasha and Sammy, oh my god, these dogs were so beautiful, but also so dangerous, I used to say that they were the hounds of hell with the hearts of gold, incredible, and you know, me and them, we got on like pretty, pretty well, when my parents were over, I took my dad out one day to like, walk them with me, and uh, he, I, like, gave them to him to hold for a moment or something like that, and they were like, <laughs> and trying to get back to me, and I was like, that is cool, I was like, and it was a case nobody would ever fucking mess with me when I was, like, walking around with them, it was crazy, uh, and then with them, so you would walk dogs with another dog, and whatever the situation might be, so I'd walk them with quite a little timid, um, Labradoodle, again, called Lucy, gorgeous little dog, she was, like, um, a little, she was, like, caramel flavored ramen noodles that's all i'd say and um, that was my best description of her um but uh concerning those two dogs there's a story that comes along with it where it was basically i had this week of as i've said i've become quite a fan of the show seinfeld over here and i had a week where it was very much i was like living out the life of george costanza um who you know, I think everybody, same as Broad City, everybody wants to be Alana, but everybody basically is Abby. But it's the same with Seinfeld. Everybody wants to be Kramer, but really, everybody's basically George. So I was having a very George week. It started off at MoMA PS1. We're doing a, a zine and book fair. And uh, we arrived there, started like looking around tables, really cool stuff. And um, at one stage, I got to this table, and this girl had this poetry, and she was like, hey, how's it going? She stood up. I was like, oh, hey, how are you? And uh, she goes, uh, oh, she's like, uh, your accent. And I was like, yeah. And I usually did this thing, especially when I was like working in a restaurant as well, where I try to have the American people guess. And usually, it was so weird, because it would usually always follow the same pattern. They would always say Australian first, goes Australian, New Zealand, Scottish, Northern Irish, then Irish. And that's basically what she did as well. And she was like, 
wow, Ireland. She was like, oh my God. She's like, it must be so fucking beautiful there. And I was like, yeah. I was like, uh, just saying, I was like, well, you know, over here you look up and it's going to be, you know, more or less grey the entire time of all the skyscrapers and buildings. Uh, but I was like, you look, uh, and then you look up at home and it's going to be green. Uh, but um, I was like, just making a passing joke, just said, you know, the, but I think that's, it's more beautiful at home in terms of the scenery, but over here I think it's more beautiful in terms of the, of, of the people. And, uh, you know, not thinking anything of it, but she took this the wrong way, this rubbed her up the wrong way. And she sat down in the seat and she said, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the fair, you fucking creep. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, I see what's happened here. She thought I was trying to chat her up. That was not my intention. I was just about to ask about the poetry and everything, what, how that was bound. And I was stopped in my tracks. I turned very quickly. Roshan was behind me. And she's like, Gav, you look like you've seen a ghost. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. So that was the start. Start, of a, start to a, a pretty rough week. So I was walking the dogs. And I just dropped off Sasha and Sammy. And I was walking back to drop Lucy off. And uh, this guy, uh, we're on the, you know, the sidewalks can be qu quite narrow and obviously there's a lot of building usually going on around Manhattan. And uh, at one stage, um, this guy starts coming towards me, a really nice, like, golden uh, Labrador. And I noticed he has quite a strange, like, almost like antique leash, but I don't worry about it. I'm listening to a, I'm listening to a podcast at the time. And, you know, we're walking towards each other. And usually, because Lucy was so timid, she would usually like run in behind me when another dog would come. But because this, this sidewalk was so narrow, when we eventually like met each other, I was like kind of veering off to the side and this guy just kept walking just straight down the road in his sports sunglasses. And uh, the, his dog kind of like, you know, he's sniffing, he tries to inspect Lucy, whatever, but she gets confused and she kind of wraps herself around his legs. The leash goes around his legs in a very much 101 Dalmatian sort of fashion. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And he's like, hey, he's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? What the fuck? And, uh, you know, usually I've, I've built up quite a tolerance, that sort of thing over here, especially when I was doing dog walking as well. They would always fucking give me, people would give me grief all the time. One guy got onto me one time about when the dog stepping. Fair enough, the dog was pretty, like, overweight. But it stepped on his foot. And he's like, you stupid motherfucker, your dog stepped on my fucking foot. And at the time, I was just starting off, so I didn't have, like, that good of a... And I, you know, I kind of stumbled, and I was like, well, it's, you know, it's not my fault. And, you know, went home and cried. And so, uh, this time around, oh, no, my friend, no, it's not, it's not, there's no stumble. I say, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck are you doing, you moron? You wouldn't get out of the fucking way. And he turns to me, well, yeah, well he doesn't know, and he says, I'm blind. What are you supposed to do in that situation? I went fucking bright red, little cherry tomato, and uh, I said, I am so fucking sorry. I am so sorry. And I kind of tried. I just, and he goes, are you going to, he goes, you fucking, you idiot, you idiot. Of course, the fucking dog was a seeing eye dog. They weren't fucking sports glasses. This guy couldn't fucking see where he's going. I was like, fuck. 
pretty fucking rough, my friends, I gotta say. But that was definitely my week of George. But uh, I actually I actually ran into him. I saw him again the week after. And I was like, fuck. Somebody was helping him across the street with the dog again. And I was like, he's gonna fucking hear the jingle of the chain. Of Lucy's chain or whatever. And he's gonna fucking know it's me. I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Quick. Fucking stat. Good grief. But, uh, yeah, I mean... It was, uh, for the most part, it was a very third. I really enjoyed that job. Um, a lot of, like, walked a, re- a lot of really, really cool dogs. Um, one, one as well that would sometimes get on my nerve as well. But not so much because the owner would actually, like, always leave me out a cookie and stuff like that, which I thought was quite nice. I was like, oh, I, dog's getting a treat. I'm getting a treat. It's all working out. But, um, oh, what the fuck was this dog's name again? It was, like, more like a fucking... It was so small, it was more like I was walking a fucking rat around on a fucking leash, uh, which I wouldn't be surprised in fucking New York. But uh, this guy, or this dog fucking, was so small that when she peed, the force of the piss would lift her hind legs up into the air and she looked like she was a fucking little circus act, a little fucking, a flea circus more like. Um, But uh, I mean, yeah. It's it's a good time. If anybody's coming over here, I'd thoroughly I'd thoroughly uh, hmm, fuck, recommend. Fucking hell, what's wrong with me today? Um, let's see what what time are we at here now at the moment? Should I do I have time to tell this to tell let yet another tale? I think so. I think I could probably fit in one more before before we call it. It's one. I think uh, I'd, have, I'd have many a story with this fine fellow, one of my closest friends, I must say, but he insisted. I was telling him about it, I was starting this podcast. He insisted. And of course, my friends, is uh, Ewan Murphy. We've spent many a good time together. But um, there was one day where we were over at his house, uh, under his apartment in a cafe, and we were both uh, doing some work together. And... You know, uh, and then we had um, planned then to go back to our house and we were all going to make homemade pizza together and I had just ordered Settlers of Catan. I don't know um, if people are familiar with that board game, but uh, guys, it is a, it is a treat. It is, it is good fun. But I just ordered it and so we were going to play that. And um, so, you know, we packed up our stuff or whatever. And I remember, uh, I remember seeing a spider web in the in the downstairs of the cafe and I, I was telling him and just a fact about the fact that spiders are blind so when they shoot a web they're just hoping for the best and hoping that a wind will catch the other end of the web and connect it up to like where, wherever that's a tree but this is downstairs in the cafe where there wouldn't have been a fucking breeze at all and so like I was like how the heck did the spider get it from one end of the bottom of the cafe to the other it's just beyond me I was like somebody must have done like a light like like a little breath or something like that so we're walking back, and we notice um, a guy in front of us, and he has his uh, he has his, his uh, trousers uh, down quite low, and um, we were uh, we were discussing this, and I was from what I've heard from what I've read, the reason this came to be is because uh, in prison you weren't allowed to have elastic in your trousers. And so, therefore, the tr- pants would be all, or no string, 
in case somebody used it to like either strangle or like hang themselves so that's what that's where the like kind of like style came from another element of like wearing the baggy clothes that i thought from was uh you would wear um your bro your older brother's clothes and that would show people not to mess with you because of how big your older bro older sibling would have been so we get back and we're we're uh and from from this something stemmed a, a joke that you and made and hands down i was like that is it, he he just it came him so quick and i was like that is you know that is one of the funniest jokes i've ever heard in my in my through my ears through my lobes and i was like i'm gonna remember that so well and so we get back and we're playing guitar and we're having a great time and the pizza's you know it's okay it's below par not bad for a first try and uh we're learning the game and then I say, yeah, oh my God, Ashley, fucking hell, Ewan made this joke. And I was like, Ewan, tell your joke. And he's like, what? What was it again? And I'm like, fuck, I can't remember it either. What What was that joke? And we're like racking our brains. And we're trying to play the game. But then it's like, it'll be like one of our goes. And then we'll be like, fuck, I'm, so, I'm still really, really fucking trying to remember what this joke was. And, you know, this goes on and on. And then like we finish the game or whatever, finally. We're like let let's just finish the game and then our brains the, the, the maybe the the joke is just stuck in the cogs of us trying to learn this game and it will like sim it will like it will like fall out then through the through the gears and then once they're like in motion so we finish the game there's still no hope and Ewan then suggests he's like oh uh, maybe we should uh maybe we should walk home with me Cav, and then we'll be able to uh we'll, we'll it'll it'll jog our memory and we'll be able to get it if we get to the same spot that we were in and I was like oh that's a good call and so I'm like okay actually I'm gonna I'll walk back with you and and you know the conversation turns to something else when we're walking back and he tells me about this book that he's reading that's actually pretty good and then I say oh, I think I'm only gonna walk to like the end of this block or whatever and so he tells me like the the end of this story and um I'm like, did you did you remember the joke? And he was like, no, I didn't. And I was like, fuck, I'm so worried that we're never going to remember what this joke was. And that's so sad because this was such a highlight of being here for me. I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is like that that joke would like conceive a chapter in a memoir, I feel like. And so, you know, he goes, we hug and he goes up and I'm walking back and I'm still thinking. And I keep constantly thinking, I was like, was it something about a spider? Was it something about the spider thing that I was saying? And um, I get back to the apartment and Ashton's like in work early the next day. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm probably going to stay up for a little bit longer. And I come in here. I come into the bathroom so I'm not disturbing her. And I, I'm reading a Tintin, which I'm a huge fan of. Reading a Tintin. And uh, I'm just, but still kind of that thing that's kind of, it's worrying me. It's in the back of my head. And then uh, Ashton calls out and she's like, Cav! Cav, your phone is ringing, and I was like, "It's it's you." And I was like, "He's figured it. You know, he he, he remembered what the joke was." And I answered, and I was like, "You and did you get it?" And he goes, "Yes." He goes, "Like God, I finally figured it." Because we were talking about the we were talking about the, the wearing the trousers low. We were talking about the clothes being baggy, and I was like, "Yes, yes." And I said, because you and usually makes a joke because I'm an only child. Usually makes a joke about the fact that I don't have any brothers or sisters, but I actually thinking that i had kind of thought that i was like oh he must have made a joke but then i was like he didn't but it turns out i had made the joke i was like oh i was like talking about the fact that like you'd be wearing your older brother or sister's clothes and um i was saying that uh you know i'd have to go out and i'd buy these really baggy clothes 
and he was saying he then straight off the bat goes oh you'd be like uh david byrne from talking heads in the giant suit and then i would go and he'd be like the people you know the guys would be like yo man what's going on in the street corner they'd be like yo what's going on man and, and you'd go and you'd reach back and you'd wiggle your fingers and you go same as it ever was man same as it ever was <laughs> oh god that really yeah that really fucking stuck with me my friends i really must say i don't know I don't know if you guys enjoyed it. I'm sure I thoroughly did. I just, that will always stick with me. I really did. And then, like, I remember that was like on his, I did a picture of, of me for him on his, like, going away card of that as well. But, uh, yeah, I think that's more or less it for this one coming to an end. One thing, one little, uh, two, actually, you know, two things, uh, I want to just end on one of them being you know I'm not I think it's usually because I usually watch something before I go to bed um but now these days well actually no now we fucking do but uh, I've been having very uh very vivid dreams of of late I don't know maybe it's because I'm reading a lot more um and obviously you know constantly taking in the sights and stuff like that but I had this dream the other night because we just recently started watching The Sopranos and uh, I had this dream the other night that um, Edie Falco was um, was unemployed. She's the ma- the mother from it. She was unemployed and she was sitting on the steps of the GPO. And, you know, I was with my dad for whatever reason. Um, and I was like, oh, I was like, fuck that. I was like, there's Edie Falco. I was like, that poor thing. She used to be in the Sopranos. And now she's, she's sitting on the steps of the, of the GPO with a, with a cup in her hat, jing- jingling change. And he goes, forget about her forget about her she's gone and i was like oh you know what i'm gonna do and i went up and i was like edie if you ever want to work on i'd love to use you as a voice actress for me and that i don't know whatever that dream really really vividly stuck with me i don't know and another thing i want to ask i put this to the people of facebook there last week something that had been on my mind my friends what is the best rihanna song i like just you know uh have a think about that. Let me know what you think. I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, because she has had so many hits. She has had so many hits. It's ridiculous. It's 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 hard to count. She's been going for so long. She's uh, I don't need. She she looks. She's the image of health. Um, and the response was quite good. It brought back a lot of great ones. Um, I'd honestly say, looking at them and from my own personal view. I always thought it would be, I mean, for that, those, whatever it was, like 50 weeks, that Umbrella was top of the charts. I always thought it would be Umbrella. Um, it's still a, a great song to this day, but uh, I think back in the, I, when we first came across our friend Rihanna, upon the replay, Mr. DJ, that song, again, credit, that's what she began with. I mean, that would, like, feel like that would, like, create her entire career of, obviously, SOS as well. Um... What else do we have? We have uh, a lot of people said rehab. That's a great one, but I think that's that one not as much so because I think almost Justin Timberlake's feature and that kind of tampers with it because I don't think of him as being that cool. Um, whereas I think of Rihanna being very cool. Uh, and then another great one, but again, it's 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 lacks by uh, the feature is uh, David Guetta's "Who's That Chick." That song is is amazing. It's it's a serious serious guilty pleasure. I have a lot of guilty pleasures. Um, I'm a huge Neil Diamond fan, I must say. Uh, I love um, 
who else? I, I love a little bit of Dolly Parton as well. Kate Bush. These are guilty pleasures. Um, that they just they get me through the day. But let me know. Let me know what you think the best Rihanna song is. I'd love to hear. And um, while we're on the topic of music, a good friend of mine um, has kindly, uh, he will be playing us out of this podcast, uh, Kojak. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you know him now. If you don't, I'm sure you will soon. He's just put out his uh, EP, Delhi Daydream. Amazing. His, uh, the everything, the production, the beats, I uh, most of all I think I really enjoy his lyrics and stemming from that uh, there's a project that we've been working on together from that that I really hope uh, it's just been it's been it, it's so close but it's been on the cards for like so long now and I really hope that'll be coming out sooner rather than later but um yeah I really check out check out that EP another another one of my favorite Irish artists at the at the moment and I'm glad to be playing at the end of this podcast um, but this is uh, Bobby's Cream and uh, yeah God bless, catch you guys uh, on the flip side as they say bye bye Just a Northside DC baby Me mammy raised me But a horse riding Council housing crisis Crazy when the sun's out Sun's come knocking Teeth for change I hope it comes soon So I don't know you But know your cousin Die a new day Where you from you Where you from you Where's your headrest That's two steps The wrong direction Don't you be here Say that postcode wrong I wanna break you It's my home's broken There isn't love And I'll equate you Take you down Like mathematics When the shoes break We tie loose ends Toss the fuckers On the phone line Hope you come late night to pick the green up Take your money and break your teeth just like my dreams were Night they came and tossed my mother in the four door Wheeled her off, my foster parents couldn't control me Smoke them trees inside the Civic with the doors locked It's nature nurture, it's a habit, it's a routine Weekly standoffs in the streets with she a corner Guard the peace but lock me up just for the peace tree Read my rights so what's the crime intent to smoke that? Half grand baggy, I couldn't supply myself a blowback Who come buying from me, they wanna trump the charge up Just one more knacker up off the streets That's what they say, right? Read my rights, they wanna kill me cause an accent Hold that purse a little tight, I wanna ask them What's the time? My court proceedings weighing on me Cause I had dreams of up in sticks and jumping countries Took that from my hands like when my mind left Fuck that stress, I don't need love, I need the dope man Fuck the meds, I don't need that, I need the smoke man Fuck the plebs, the rich are culling off the piss poor Peep the news just in this public Discourse is racehorse pissing up on the steps of the cathedral Sovereign state, they'd rather see my mother bleed out than build a clinic You leave abortions to the back streets If we need it, we're gonna get it Fuck the handouts Give tax breaks to smarmy fuckers in the grey suits Leave me starving trying to find a source of income Can't pull cockles from out the liffy Dolly Mill strand is too polluted I'm just a fish, I'm trying to breathe air In plain sight, then everybody watch me drown out. 
White trash, white noise, you just ignore it till it drowns out It's never gonna drown out I'm never gonna drown out shows two men attempting several times to throw a large plastic ice cream cone through the shop window. 